Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. Hey, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Guys, I am so fired up. Sleep deprived and all. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you probably cut off your hot dog. You don't need it on a fun. <laughs> Hello and happy Halloween here on the DTF Podcast. My name is Rob Dostra. I've got John Fanta here. I've got Terrence Oglesby here. We got to talk about Cooper Flag. We got to talk about exhibitions. We got to talk about scrimmages, and we are going to preview the SEC. But first and foremost, fellas, the single most important question that you are going to be asked this entire day, what is the best Halloween candy that you can get? Fanta, I'm asking you first on this one. I need your power rankings, man. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups all the way. Bingo. All the way, absolutely number one, without question. Crunch bar for me uh, would be number two. Um, Tootsie rolls are three. By the way, I have not thought about this at all. I, I love, <laughs> or or it sounds like I have thought about it a ton, but I'm telling you, I have not. Tootsie rolls are number three. I love the flavored Tootsie rolls that that go a little fruity or vanilla or all that. But the original, the original is great. After that, you could throw a Kit Kat at me. You could throw bubble gum at me. You could throw all kinds of Skittles. Skittles. I'm a I'm a sucker for great Skittles. Those are my Halloween candy powerings. But that that peanut butter cup in the orange and brown wrapper, the orange and yellow wrapper, cannot be compared. Fanta, I'm gonna show up to uh to the Champions Classic, and I'm just gonna have like some some bubble gum and some Kit Kats, and I'm just gonna throw them at you. You asked. You asked for it, so I'm just going to start throwing candy at you. We're sitting there in the United Center, the Champions Classic. Make sure, you know, as long as not. You asked for it. You requested it. That's right. I'm just doing what's asked. The good good part about number three on your list, Tootsie Rolls, is they're much like candy corn and that they never get old. Mm -hmm. So, like, you could be chewing on a Tootsie Roll. You got it Halloween. You could be going at it next August, and it doesn't lose any chew or any flavor whatsoever. You're still very much in the game. So, Kudos to those two for that. But outside of that, it's hard for me to argue with Reese's. I'm a heavy Reese's guy. You know what's criminally underrated in the candy department? Nerds. Criminally. criminally Nerd ropes. Nerd ropes. Nerd ropes are great. Yes. I'm a huge Butterfinger guy, though. Like, how do you... 
I just I just love it. It's the crunch. You kind of get it stuck in your teeth a little yeah, bit. I was about to say it's the gift that keeps on giving because you have mm-hmm. it in your teeth for an hour. Yeah. It's yeah. a snack and you get the aftertaste after a while. It's great. Yeah. Can't I complain about that. What are your what's your plan for Halloween? Do you like I know Fanta, you're probably I hope you're not trick-or-treating still. T.O., do you have some trick-or-treating on the books tonight? No, we we have like a neighborhood Halloween party. Everybody gets together and then we'll put up a table at the end of our street so that people don't have to come and walk a mile we'll just all make it easy on them make it convenient for the kids pretty easy pretty but simple so you do you you are trick-or-treating like you're out with the kids you're out going yeah of course yeah we'll do that the funny thing was was my son I thought, didn't it sound for a second like I, he said he wasn't doing the uh doing the trick-or-treating no we'll it sounded a little bit it sounded a little bit like you were trying yeah. to get out of it like you're not you like you don't want to take your kids trick-or-treating i thought you were a good dad know. now you don't want to take your kids trick-or-treating <laughs> okay i see where we're going here pillowcase full of candy i'm just throwing that out there bringing them putting them in the back of the car pillowcase full of candy uh no but they had a presentation today you guys will laugh at this and my son uh we're talking about famous americans you had to dress up as a famous american my son's jackie robinson he goes through this whole thing and what they did was at their school they had a wax museum and like they call it a wax museum but they're all dressed up as their character so you go up hit this phony button which is like on the table. And then they give you like a six slide presentation on this person. My son's Jackie Robinson. I hit it. He does a great job. He's excited. He's reading off the, t- the the little screen. And I'm like, man, I'm so proud of you. I'm good. I go to the next kid over. Next kid over is Albert Einstein. I hit his button. This kid starts waxing poetic about the theory of relativity. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> I don't think we're behind, but good Lord, where did we just move to? But yeah, no, it was, it was great. I love all that stuff. You're listening to the theory of relativity and all you can think in your head is how long has Kitty been in the closet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how long, how long was Kitty in there? Nobody knows how long Kitty was in there. That is a detail. Nobody's talking about. You knew that was going to make held it. captive. You knew that was going to make it. Yeah, poor, we had to wonder how Kitty. that was going to go. Poor kitty, poor kitty. Um, no, poor Halloween kitty. is honestly like I, I think since I moved to this neighborhood in Jersey, it's probably my favorite holiday because yeah. one, we always have like a party at a neighbor's house, right? We get there at like four thirty. You got like all the candy set up. You got candied apples. Drinks are flowing. We normally got the hot apple cider with a little bit of rum in it, right? Um, and then we go and like all the kids in the entire neighborhood are there, and there's probably like. 25 kids in our neighborhood maybe 30 kids like in the development we live in and everyone just gets together and it's just like this posse of like 70 people that just goes roaming through the neighborhood my one buddy has like one of the electric scooters and he's got like a it looks like a guitar amp but it's a bluetooth speaker so he connects that to his phone so he's on his electric scooter, just weaving in and out of this mass of human beings with the speaker blasting with all of this you know, great Halloween music and you're just roaming around. Everyone's drinking beers. Everyone has beverages all over the place. It's all of my kids, friends. It's all of the parents that I enjoy. It's a blast, man. I love it. It's, it's, I love, I love Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. I think Halloween might be like a top two holiday for me, man. It's up Ooh. there. It's way, Ooh. way up there. It's gotta, it's gotta be on a weekend though. Like for me, it's a Tuesday. Yeah, I love it. It gets very much enhanced when it's on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night. Hey, for what's worth, my brother's uh 32nd birthday today. 
So he's a Halloween baby. Happy birthday, Paxton. That that explains Happy birthday, Paxton. so much. That, that explains, explains so much. Big Pax. <laughs> What's Big worth being being a Halloween birthday or being an April Fool's birthday? April Fool's birthday is worse. Yeah, April that's my birthday. birthday. Halloween's really kind of fun. I'm, I'm an, I'm an April like... Fool's birthday. Do you know though? Oh, yeah. I haven't. I've every. I haven't spent a birthday with my wife. The only time in like the last 15 years I've had a birthday with my wife and with my family has been during COVID when the tournament was canceled. Every other year I'm at the Final Four. And how does yeah. she feel about that? Um, relieved. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot less pressure. <laughs> this year, throw her off, honey. I'm going to be home for for my birthday. I actually, Which actually. Am. You it's will be because yeah. you yeah, will be. Yeah, the whole tournament schedule's wonky this year with with everything. Uh, Big East Championship Saturday night. Make your plans accordingly. Is the eve of St. Patrick's Day in New York City? Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh man! You know who's gonna be living the dream that night, T.O.? Not me. The homie Schaefer. Oh, Schaefer, my main <laughs> man. <laughs> you know what? I cannot wait to get the Schaefer. Bourbon. Uh-huh. Fancy, are you Wait. coming with us? Are you coming with us to Schaefer's this year after the Big East tournament title game? Get a live Fanta, show. Fanta's always in there to like 2 a.m. though. <laughs> no, you're I coming with us. Look, you know I... what? Now that you put a ring on it, now that you put a ring on it, we're gonna have to uh to get wifey to sign off. Okay. You're coming with us, Schaefer's midnight until 2 a.m. We're gonna to be go. in the basement. I love... Yeah, after who wins the Big East tournament? Who's winning it? Yeah, uh, look, you know what? We'll talk about that in the future. Hey, hey, Day my, is an my, SEC my, preview. Hold on, hold on, SEC. hold on, hold on. My favorite memory from Big East, from, basically my, my favorite memory from our entire time doing this is whenever Vicky came with, or Vicky John's wife now, came with us before they were married and she followed John around Madison Square Garden one full day. She stayed the whole day. Mm-hmm. We're doing the After Dark show from like, 1230 to 1:30 in the morning or something. And we're all sitting there talking at half court. And I look over and poor Vicky had had enough. She was on her back across four seats laying down. She's like, <laughs> hands over her eyes. She was like, I can't do it. And people who haven't been around John Famda and MSG, it's like falling around a happy cocker spaniel. Like he just can't get him. <laughs> You can't get him. Like he's gone all the time. Like, and, and he's talking to you, then he's talking to the next guy, and then he's bouncing, and he's fired up because somebody from St. John's made a play. Like, it is awesome. I, I will I will tell you this, Fanta. One of my one of my favorite experiences covering college basketball is sitting next to you for a game. For the people that like have never sat next to John Fanta during a basketball game, even when he's just covering it, like you get the you don't need an announcer. He does the play-by-play right next to you. You don't even have to watch the game. All you got to do is sit there and listen. It's like, oh my gosh, what a shot! Did you He's see the so shot good. that he just hit? He's so we good. Got, we got. He's so we got, good. <laughs> we got 15 seconds left in the shot clock. He's dribbling it out. We got a high <laughs> ball screen. Oh, he hit the shot. The game winner. <laughs> it is. It is awesome. <laughs> that's that's how it goes, guys. That's why we love it. We're we're less than a week out. I We're know. here. We've made it. We've made it through the offseason. I'm excited. Can't wait. Can't wait to I get up to wait. Marquette. After Dark is back. This is, it's all revving up. It's going to be beautiful. I'm, I, I, I credit, you alluded to this on After Dark. I credit all the teams for playing the charity exhibitions for and for all the Maui wildfire relief efforts. Can I ask you about that uh, real quick? But I, but I totally take, agree with take, what your take was. I totally agree with what I your totally take. disagree. All right. So hold on. My my take was that I, I hate 
that these charity exhibition games are these marquee matchups that we're blowing up when they don't matter, they don't count. And, right. you know, everyone's all excited about Illinois beating Kansas. What happens if Illinois is on the bubble and you go back and you look and say, hey, we got this one over the number one time. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Didn't count. Okay. What happens if Arkansas is sitting there and they're like, well, we're going to be an eight say, but wait, we got to win over the best team. In the nope. Sorry. Didn't count. Just play the games that let them count. Make them be the first week of the regular season. You're just moving it back a week. We could still raise money for charity. We don't have to not raise money for charity because it's a real game. You're, you're selling tickets, right? You're selling tickets for real games. Raise money for charity in the first game of the season. and have to be one that counts. We got four top 15 matchups that didn't count. It's so dumb. We have to figure out a way to formally do something about the first week of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I read something yesterday that women's basketball is going to have more ranked versus ranked games in the first 48 hours of their season than men's basketball will have in the first week and a half. It's just, that's just not good enough. We, We've got to find a way, and, and it was close with the Big East and Big Ten in the Gavit games of designing an opening week slate that would really cover that. But with the champions move back, we really RIP. All right. <laughs> I mean, I hate it, but RIP. I get that the Big Ten has has more games and they got a cluster to figure out this schedule. They might have to feature some conference games in the opening week of the season. Do it. Go do ahead. it. We got we gotta do something. This is here's the biggest thing. There's a wide open doorway for some conference or two to step through and do something innovative and creative and get us talking about you. You know, if you're the Big 12, you got all these new teams, you want to know a way for us to all be talking about your new teams? Get them all playing on the opening nights of the season. We'll be able to, you know, the casual fan will be able to identify. And, you know, every coach, Terrence, you'll, you'll bring this, every coach is going to be like, I do not want my team playing that game in the opening week of the season. Why? Who cares if you lose? It doesn't penalize you. If you win, it serves as a feather in your cap. That's right. And ACC did it a few years ago. They they opened up the season with a conference game, which I thought was great, but I think some of their attendance took a hit because it's still football season. So they want their best games played after football season. Then you don't it doesn't have to be a conference game. Like get some No, but, but, but we were we were just talking conference. about conferences being innovative and they've done it. It's just yeah. a matter of like they just didn't see the results that they necessarily play, wanted. Play the what? What is the new one? The Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, Big East, right? Play that the first week. The 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 college basketball. That season. is great. I love that so much. Give us give us something to look forward to. How awesome! You know this this UConn at Kansas game. Imagine if that was in four days. Imagine if that was November seventh. Imagine how cool that would be to have that be the pillar, the number one team against the reigning national champion to kick off college basketball season. Who needs a Champions Classic? We got it right there. Well, and that's yeah, that's just it. Yeah, it's an open doorway. It really mm -hmm. is. And, you know, you could say, well, what if Donovan Klingon doesn't play? Well, those are the circumstances with any game. But I just I, I think that this is a gaping hole that, that's got to get – this has been a problem now for a couple of years in a row, and we've been pleading for it here, and it's kind of becoming a falling on deaf ears. Like, at, at the end of the day, something's got to get done because next week, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not, I'm, I'm be very candidly honest with everybody here. I'm hosting After Dark on Wednesday night. will be the third night in the season. The fact is, at some point in the hour, we're going to have to discuss some different things. Now, the good news is, I think I'm doing it with Chris Mack and Tyler Hansborough. So we'll just go over the bye games that they bet on that night. 
I mean, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Like we can just do a bunch of, a bunch yeah. of, you know, if Matt's got somebody by 34 points, you know, did they cover or not? I don't know the answer to that question. Just, you know, don't take Portland Bible or, you know, one of those, that, that, that's the, ask, ask, ask Max uh, opinion on if he, if, if uh, Louisville could cover the spread against what middle Kentucky or Kentucky middle Southwestern. Wesley. Yeah, Middle Kentucky, Southwestern State, or whoever the hell okay. they just lost to. I, I, look, I, I so last night after Louisville oh lost to uh to Kentucky Wesleyan, um, Chris Mack started trending. Right, he was a trending topic on uh, on on Twitter. So I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to him. And I was like, Mac, what'd you do? He's like, Oh God, I was at a football game this weekend. I hope I didn't do something dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nope, your your uh, Louisville fans just want you back, man. That's they need to start saying "Welcome back, Cotter," and they need to start talking about Chris Mack. <laughs> what do we need? What, what you know? I know I don't know if this was in the rundown or not, so I'm sorry here uh, because I. But, but but what? Like Rob, what is the solution for Louisville basketball? Get it, get it, get, dude. Snip it. Be done. No, you got to play out the season. You're not going to get the guy that you want now. Play out the I season. I have a theory. I know you have a theory. Um, call it tease. No, look, there's there's going to be very good coaches available for Louisville by the end of the season. Correct. Uh, one of them may be in Boca Raton right now. Uh, one of one them, of them be, might be in Oxford, Mississippi. One of them might be in Oxford, Mississippi right now. Um, one of them might be in Greenville, South Carolina. One of them might be in Greenville, South Carolina right now. There are going to be a lot of very, very good coaches available for Louisville to, to hire, and I would be uh, – Let's 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 put the caveat in here that Louisville could still find a way to be good this season, right? <laughs> what was that laugh? <laughs> Seriously, what was that? It was my Dracula laugh and heavy sarcasm laugh. I think uh, I think Paxton no hasn't. They got out rebounded by thirteen to Kentucky Wesleyan. Did you see? Did you see the quote? By thirteen. The there were there were two quotes after the game that if I was a Louisville fan would have absolutely driven me insane. The first one was when he said, we can't out-talent teams. Oh, my uh, God. You're Louisville. You're a top-10 program in college basketball. You can out-talent a team that was picked eighth in their you Division literally, II conference. How many, They're how not many, even the real Wesleyan. The real how many, Wesleyan's in Connecticut. How many, how many uh, D1 teams are there this year? 300, what? 63. It's 363. They should... They should out talent 357 of those yeah you were louisville what are you talking about what are you talking about <laughs> the, the, then the other part was when he said we need to get more rebounds from guys like and then set name, and, the, and the dude didn't even play he's like we need more Man. than two rebounds out of this kid that sat the bench the entire game didn't, didn't even play second on the floor <laughs> kenny Man, like I want, I wanted to go yes. well for him. I like he's That's such it. a nice dude. Like I wanted to go well for him, and he just, he just. That's it. Some, some guys are great assistants. Yeah, but, but moving <laughs> one seat over, it's hard, man. Dang. Moving know, one seat over, man. No like it, it's a, it's a real, it's a huge thing because now everybody's looking for you to answer instead of you chiming in one or two. Big news: the almanac is officially back the most exhaustive and comprehensive guide to the 2023-24 college basketball season is available for pre-order now if you go to cbbalmanac.com link is in the description below you can pre-order for just $15.99 or 20% off 
the sticker price. The format is going to be a little bit different this season. Instead of an 850-page PDF, you'll be getting access to the full site with league-by-league PDFs available for download. The preview will be live on September 20th, so you have until then to be able to get your pre-orders in. So for insight for all 362 Division I teams from their head coaches and the experts that cover them, make sure you hit that link. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. I, like, I do have I do have one game. question for you guys that I want to get to before we get into this SEC preview. I want to be cognizant of how much time we have. Um, Cooper Fly committed to Duke. Um, he picked it over UConn, I think everybody knew that it was going to be Duke uh, basically since the summer. Um, I would say that UConn put in about as good of a an effort in that recruiting battle as you could have. Yeah. Um, and there was a there was a legitimate time where um, there seemed to be a little bit of momentum trending towards UConn. Like they, after their visit, they had a puncher's chance. And then Duke obviously on the visit closed it. But um, my question to you is, so John Shire's um, – recruiting right this is what he's done so far in 18 months as coach k's successor four top five recruits in three classes have committed three of them have already enrolled the fourth one obviously cooper flag 10 five-star recruits have committed he had the number one class in 2022 he had the number two class in 2023 the group he has coming in this year he had the number one class in 2024 um and he has a preseason top two preseason number one, according to the Almanac team in college basketball heading into this season. Mm-hmm. How much of this do you credit to Shire? How much of this do you credit to the Duke basketball program? How much of this is a sign of the future versus just like, hey, their NIL is rolling right now and this is the era that we're in? NIL has been rolling at a Cameron Indoor since 82. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like uh, how how should we feel about Shire right now as a coach, TL? I'm a massive fan, and they just signed him to a six year extension. I'm thrilled for him. Good for him. They're going to continue to recruit at a high high level, and not only are they recruiting there, they're keeping them there. Like that's the crazy part about it. They're going to keep rolling. Duke's going to be Duke. They have such a good infrastructure in place. Uh, I, I think the whole Duke brotherhood is a little bit blown out of proportion because Austin Rivers has gone on and said, I had, I don't even talk to the guys I played with, let alone other guys that were in the that were in the program before or after me. So there's something to be said there. All of that being said, I mean, th- there is a certain cachet with going to Duke, especially uh, in professional sports later. 
So it just there's so many advantages. There's so many advantages. You're gonna get you're gonna get chances just for being a Duke, and and it's it it's a no lose situation for him. It's gonna continue rolling. And I just loved what I saw out of John Shire and his staff as the season progressed last year. They got better, and like as a first year head coach, like it's rare that you see a team get better incrementally. There are some lumps that come with being a first time first year head coach. Didn't seem to be the case. They only got better as the season well, progressed. Elaborate that on promising. that. Elaborate on that because uh, he, he I, adjusted. There were there were yeah. constant adjustments throughout the year. He he tried different things, especially in the non conference. Like he tried to pressure a little bit. He tried some zone. He tried some different matchups. He tried di- putting d- different guys in different spots to kind of see where he's comfortable and what works for him. And as they hit middle of January, it was like, okay, now I found it. We're going to continue to climb. We're going to continue, and, and that that is great news if you're a Duke fan. Great news. His ability to figure it out. You're figure it out. You're figured out at NIS, I guess would be a, that would be a way to say it. He's just really John Sharp. We all know that, and it's just going to continue. Ben, I got a, I got a question for you, Owen. It's 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 in a similar vein. Um, I you saw, I'm sure you saw Dan Hurley's quote yesterday after uh, Cooper Fly committed, where he more or less said at UConn, we win national championships uh, at other programs. I I don't think he named Duke specifically, but he kind of insinuated they they won the social media battle. Um, Jeff Goodman, can't stand him, but he had a great question that he put on Twitter yesterday. Dan Hurley, John Shire, five rounds in the octagon. Who's winning and why? Well, Dan Hurley's the Michael Myers of college basketball. If I I saw him, if I saw him on a street late at night or I saw him out in the backyard, I mean, I I, I would try to lock the doors. I don't even think that that would work. Um, He is, you know, he's got some Jack Nicholson in the shining out in the deep winter of stores, you know, when he's just sitting there trying to figure out his team. Remember the last scene of the shining when they just show Nicholson and his face Mm -hmm. is frozen. That's kind of what I think of Danny in the, in the heart of winter. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I'm taking Hurley over just about anybody. I, I don't think he's losing a match in the octagon. You don't fight crazy. and and look, No, you don't fight crazy. Mm-hmm. You don't. And, and and Danny's a winning a winning guy. The, the craziest part of the winning. It's part of the whole formula. But I would not get in a war with him. Here's the thing. Dan was already an ultra-confident, very aggressive, uh, very you know sharp, razor-sharp coach who – who fits you? First off, he, there's no one in 2023 that fits Connecticut basketball and their fan base in the program more than Dan Hurley fits UConn. When you're the UConn head coach, you your fan base is bold. Your program's bold. Guess what? When you've won five national championships since 99, you could be bold as you want, as bold as you want to be. So that quote, I mean, do I want UConn to play Duke now? Of course I do. I, I want to see it play out. I actually think that so I'm taking Hurley and answer your question. I think that that is the the one the, the only missing link by default and it's not fair to when people are like, well, you know, they won 27 games but he was a first exit first weekend exit coach uh, last year. I want to see John Shire form that sharpness a little bit in March. Not cocky statements made at Dan Hurley. But I think that that's what I'm most curious to see here. This year or next. If you ask me to pick one program to win the national championship over the next two years, I just got to get one title, I'd pick Duke over anybody. 
because I just think all the pieces are aligning for them to do so. I think it'll be, I think it's going to be this year. I think, I think it could very well be this year too. We know timing is everything, but they're my front runner. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're, Kansas can be preseason number one in some polls and whatnot. And I've put them there myself, but Duke's my front runner to win the title because I just love the collection. I love Shire's willingness to sit freshman if he has to in key situations. He's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid to lay down the law. And this is a case where this guy was groomed for this moment. And if you read about Shire and talk with Shire, you quickly realize this guy's not only a he's a genius of a mind, very, very smart. He is an ultra competitor. That guy hates losing more than he enjoys winning when you get to understand a little bit behind the mask. He is an ultra competitor. He will be the Duke head coach for the next 30 years. Yeah. You said that uh you said that Dan Hurley is Michael Myers. Um John Shire is uh is the dude from American Psycho, right? The serial killer that puts on like the really nice suit and looks young and is handsome and is charming and go out there and can woo a room full of boosters. Uh, and you just know that, you know, deep down he's he's trying to figure out ways that he can Dan Hurley Dan Hurley's sling blade. <laughs> Have you seen Sling Blade? Sling Blade. I haven't seen that. All right. So Yo, Billy Bob, you are Thornton. on one today. Whatever Billy you Bob have for Thornton. breakfast, I we need it. We need it every time we have you one need a side pods. by you need a side by side picture of Hurley when his glasses slide down to the end of his nose and he's looking down towards the end and his bottom jaw is like out. And then you need it beside Billy Bob Thornton and Sling Blade. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell I don't him, know if you're looking him you up said or, that. I'm going to tell him you said that, and you're going to wake just up just when he morning. gets in that mode. Only when he gets in that mode, and tell and him I'm saying it jokingly. Tell him I'm saying it jokingly. You're going to get so. home from trick or treating tonight, and you're going to look in your window, and you're going to see Hurley in a Michael. I'm Myers going to see Hurley in a. <laughs> All right. Oh man, you know who I'm talking about, John? Have you seen Sling Blade? I got to watch it tonight. Yeah, no. we'll we'll I got see. a lot to watch. I got I got a double dip tonight. Pitch Perfect and Sling Blade. There you go. We'll be on at the Fanta household. While you're waiting for the trick-or-treaters to come by. All right, let's get into this SEC uh, conference preview. Um, There's a lot to get to, man. I I love Texas A&M. I'm very curious you're taking Tennessee, uh, T.O. Alabama, Arkansas. I think Florida and Auburn are teams no one's talking about enough. Chris Beard at Ole Miss is a fascinating conversation, depending on, you know, which transfers are able to get eligible. But I think we have to start with Kentucky, T.O., the Wildcats, they're young. They have eight freshmen in a league where all of these teams average nine upperclassmen. They have two guys that are older than freshman or sophomore year. But they're talented, man. They got a lot of pieces. Some of them are injured. What do you make of the Wildcats? Yeah, they're still really talented. And I kind of like where Calipari is going, going back to where he's comfortable, getting the most talented freshmen, bringing them in, let them be them, and we'll just figure it out from there. And he's added some – not added, but he hang on, hung on to some older pieces. Antonio Reeves is a really good player. And then, uh, you know, you add Trey Mitchell, who has been a part of some winning teams. I, I, I like that he's going back to freshmen because I think power is going to eventually slide back to freshmen after these COVID years are done. That all being said, COVID years aren't done, and they're playing against 23- and 24-year-olds. I still think Kentucky's a top-20 team. I think they're going to win a lot of games. And I think these guys fit what Calipari likes to do much better than what the guys 
over the last couple of years have been able to do. And what do, what do I mean when I say that? Transfers were great in a system. Freshman, you get a bunch of guys who can attack off the bounce, and then his offense works. So I'm excited to see. I think they're going to be good. I, I, do I think they're national championship 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 winners? Uh, no, I don't. But I do think that this is a Kentucky team that wins a couple of games in a tournament. I'm not ready to say that yet. And I think they're a second weekend team. I think the talent's good, and I think he'll hone it just enough to where they'll be fine. The, the talent is good. There's stars next to these guys' names. This is not an otherworldly freshman class. Mm-hmm. And let's acknowledge a couple of things here, okay? Trey Mitchell was a quality pickup, but Trey Mitchell is on his fourth school in as many years. Right. All right? Sometimes there's a reason for that. Uh, Antonio Reeves is a good player. He's a good player. Having him back is a good thing for a team that I had a lot of concerns about with their perimeter shooting. I'm not worried about the ability of DJ Wagner and Robert Dillingham being able to coexist and figure things out. I'm more worried about who's going to be the point guard, the one, late in situations, initiating the offense, making plays for others, getting stuff done for this team and being productive and efficient and avoiding turnovers. You've got to have high-level point guard play in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. For me, Kentucky's a good team. The reason why I'm not sitting here, the reason why I didn't rank them in the preseason is because I have far more unknowns with this team than I have knowns with them. The other reason is Aaron Bradshaw's injury while while I think he'll, we're going to see him on the floor and play a significant role, like do I have concerns about that? Hell yeah, I do. Because for freshmen, I want to see a preseason. I want to see you have weeks, months to train with your teammates to get ready for the season. And Cal was very very high on him, so I could go down the list of different areas that I've got concerns. I love Justin Edwards. I think he's going to be fantastic for the for the Wildcats. I really do. I think Edwards could end up being their best player. But to me today, T.O., I'm not saying that I can't see them getting to a Sweet 16. The Part of the reason why I'm voting no on that and pushing back on that is because of the Princetons of the world, the St. Peter's of the world, combined with older teams winning in March. It's really hard to be one of the final 16 in college basketball nowadays. It's a lot harder now than it was before. And the fact is, Kentucky now competes in a league of great, not good, great coaching. Even the programs that have been bad, right? Chris Jans in Mississippi State, not a pushover. They're very, they're good. Missouri, mm-hmm. no longer a pushover. Ole Miss, no longer a pushover. You got to find wins. You don't have teaching moments in the SEC for your freshmen. That league's a bear. Kentucky could finish sixth in that conference. Would I be surprised? Would you be surprised if they finished fifth or sixth in their own league? Fourth, I fifth, them, or sixth? I picked them sixth in the Almanac. And, and I'll, I'll say this. I think in an ideal world, you would see a year that is similar to what Duke did last season, right? They took some lumps early. They figured things out around January and February. They got things going towards March. And they were a five seed that everybody thought had a chance to make a real run. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, and they just ran into a Tennessee team that was too big and too physical and too tough for them. 
Um, I think that that could be similar to what Kentucky season could be, but that's pending a couple things. One, you got to get like one of Aaron Bradshaw, you got to Yeso or Big Z uh, to the point that they can play, right? Mm-hmm. Or two, John Calipari's got to figure out a way that he can be effective playing small ball with multiple handlers, a foreman that's going to be a stretch guy, maybe even Trey Mitchell at the five, right? And I don't know if those two things will necessarily happen. Here's the other. Big Z is good. Yeah, he's good. Is he going to play? Is he yeah. going to be eligible? Like there's there's real concerns about whether or not that'll happen. My guess is that he probably will, and they'll just ding him a couple games. But I think that they, that's another question. It's just a question mark that you have, right? Yeah. Um, here's here's my other concern. With Duke last season, when they took their lumps early, there was not enough of a culture. There was enough leadership in that locker room that they did not fragment, and they stayed together, and they kept pushing, and – Derek Lively understood why he was coming off the bench and averaging five points a game. And Derek Whitehead understood like, okay, I was the number one player in the class, but I'm going to come in here and I'm not necessarily going to be the number one player on this roster, right? They were able to kind of stay together instead of falling apart when they took some of their losses. Do you trust John Calipari to be able to keep that roster of guys together? I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So um, if everything comes together, like, I can see this team getting to a final four. They are, they have the talent and the ability to be able to do it. If everyone stays healthy, if big Z gets eligible and they're able to make it through a rough uh, November and December, I can but see I, it too. I, I can, can see also see them like not making the NCAA tournament because they just can't get the injuries, right? Cal can't figure out how to play small, modern basketball. And the freshmen looked like freshmen the whole year. Like it just, the, the range of outcomes is just so wide with this Kentucky team that Literally anything can happen. I would not be surprised. And they hired John Welch to help with the offense and the design of it and all of that. My thing with that is, don't you think that they would have done something before now to realize that they had to make a change? And maybe Cal's stubbornness is a thing. I mean, not maybe it is. It is a thing. And he wants to prove a point with how he plays. Look, the personnel aligned. Terrence, you brought this up that he got back to where he's been most successful. Does the personnel align for them to be successful if all the pieces come into place? Yes. It's not a revelation, though, that Kentucky has talent. I mean, come on. They've had talent for years. They've had talent for years. They're the, yeah. the, the, the antithesis of Kenny Payne's quote. Okay? They, they can out-talent you on any given night. To me, you know, the intricacies within the sport and the ability to win close games and the ability to grind it out are things that you cannot quantify in any stat sheet or in any analytics program. So I I just, guys, every year we've been saying this for the last four or five years about what they can be or what they might be. And I'm on the other side of it. And a lot of kids, a big, big blue nation hates me. I know that they hate me. I I see it all. You've been tweeting and texting and everything in between, direct messaging for the last month and change, and they think we hate them. For the 70,000th time, we all want, if Kentucky's good, it's good for everybody. It's good for you, BBN. It's good for us. We want to talk about a winning Kentucky team. But you've got to prove something to me first. I'm not falling for the brand name again. Not with the amount of unknowns. And don't tell me that the experienced returnees are going to be great, great players this year that will have great seasons. The All-American on this team is Justin Edwards, if there is one. Outside of that, like, they're talented, 
But do they have top 10 talent in the country on paper? I think a lot of people think that they do because of the freshman class. This freshman class in general is not outstanding. Yeah, you're not. I mean, you're not wrong. It just it it is what it is. It's going to depend on I'm how well they can stick together and how well they can. Hater. All right, let's move on. Uh, Sip it on that blueberry haterade. Hold I'm on. a hater. And I, but, but part of it, too, is, is that when you move on here, the teams at the top of this league are old and freaking good. Well, let's let's so let's talk about that. Who so I I think that Texas AM is the best team in this conference. I would I pick them to win it. Uh, I would have them be the highest ranked team in this conference if, if I was doing a uh, a top 25. Uh, look, Wade Taylor is an absolute stud. Buzz Williams, if you look at what he's done in his past, especially he always has good point Tech, guards, always yeah, has good, always point, good guards. point guards, and they just got the build of a tough, physical Buzz Williams team. Tyrese Radford screams Bud Wills, uh, Buzz Williams. Manny Obaseki screams Buzz Williams. They can play Henry Coleman and Julius Marble together. Floor spacing be damned. The two kids that they brought in, the uh, Eli Lawrence and Jace Carter, are scores that just fit. Uh, what he wants if he wants to be able to play a more uh, spaced outline. I just, they're old, they're tough, they're physical. They're not going to play a single guy in their rotation that is uh, an underclassman. They're very, very, very good, T.O. Yeah, they are. And they, uh, to go along, they just fit him so well. He has a certain type of dude, and every one of them fit it to a T. I, mm-hmm. I, I like the, the roster construction for him. I think Henry Coleman, who was at Duke to start his career, a uh, great young man for for all intents and purposes, everything I've heard about him. But he he just fits what Buzz likes. They're tough. They they have some scoring. And if he has an elite point guard, he makes it easier on everybody else. And Buzz does a terrific job of putting those guys in spots. So um, I, I've told this story a billion times, but, you know, whenever he was at Virginia Tech and you got to see them up close, they could be getting beat by 15, and those guys are still sprinting to spots even when you're running the clock out. Like, he his – his toughness with his team, the kind of kids that he recruits. Uh, I, I don't think they win the league, but I do think that they'll be up towards the top. All right. It's time to talk about vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place to store your own bowl predictions forever. And by using the vaulted challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. So go download the vaulted app. Give it a try for free. Vaulted is spelled V-L-T-E-D, and it is the app to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without any entry fee. Download Vaulted today. John, you were talking about this a little bit before the show started. You love Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas is winning the SEC this year. You think Arkansas can win the SEC this year. I'm putting five units on him, man. Why do you accept my challenge that Arkansas will not win the SEC? I say let's make it 10. Let's make it 20. I mean, I I think uh, this Arkansas team is supremely undervalued, man. Uh, I think they – we never really got a chance to see them uh, at full strength last year before Trayvon Brazil went down. And, of course, they were uh, young, but they go out in the transfer. Support. They add Khalif Battle, who I think is going to be a really good player in the SEC. Uh, obviously, Chandler Lawson in the transfer portal uh, and bringing back Trayvon Brazil for that sophomore season. I love this team. I think they're going to have the length, the athleticism. I think in terms of the rest of the SEC, well, we're going to go crazy on Tennessee because they finally have a player that can dunk. I mean, what are we doing here? 
I think there's a lot of teams in the SEC that I don't buy, Kentucky being one of them, too young. It's not the way you win in college basketball anymore. So I like Musselman. I think they're in a great position here with what they're bringing back and adding, getting older, getting better. Give me the Razorbacks, baby. Let's go. Woo-pig! Challenge accepted. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I like Arkansas to win the league. And I'm not saying that because they beat Purdue in an exhibition game. However, uh, I like the combination of depth with balance in that I don't think that they're going to have to rely on any one guy to be great on a given night to win a lot of games. You're talking about Arkansas or Texas A&M? I'm talking about Arkansas. Okay. I mean, Arkansas is going to have, they can ride Trayvon Brazil. They, they could ride L Ellis for a little bit. Devo Davis had two points in the exhibition win over Purdue and Arkansas scored 81 in the game. Tremont Mark is one tough, you know what? And they were able to pick him up. I mean, Mark, that was a great transfer pickup. A guy who understands tenacity the toughness factor, the defensive ability that you've got to have. You know, Musson and Kelvin Sampson are cut from the same cloth with how hard their teams play. And that was a, a great pickup there of Tremont Mark. Caleb Battle, being able to bring him in off the bench, and he's a guy who could go get you 15 points on a given night. Uh, this this team, and Chandler Lawson, who I, I really like the upside there. I like the way that he plays. I just think that Arkansas... We do not talk about them. If if you're talking about how all the pieces have been built up with AM, Arkansas has a great mix of returning talent, right? Brazil and and Davis. They hit they're always gonna hit it big in the transfer portal. And before the mid-1990s, before 2021, they hadn't been in the second weekend of the tournament since the mid-90s, mm-hmm. right? They've gone to the second weekend. Three consecutive years, and have made the Elite Eight twice. So, to me, I'm not betting against what has been. We when people are saying that's a past, it doesn't matter, John. It does matter. Clearly, there's something formulaic here for the Razorbacks that allows them to have success when they get to the most important time of year. They're going to out tough you. They're going to. They're just going to outdo you when they get on the floor at the most critical time of year. And they did against Kansas last year. 
So I like you know, the you know what it is. Team. I'm take I'm taking the Hogs to win the SEC. You know what it is, and I, I don't I actually don't hate that pick because I think that the the top of the conference is um, there's a lot of really really good teams. But the silly, thing I love about them silly good conference, silly yeah, good it's, conference. It's so like there's legitimately eleven teams that I that you could talk me into having a chance 11. to make the NCAA tournament this year. It, it's probably it'll probably be like eight. But I think there's 11 teams where you head into the season, depending on how things shake out, that have a chance to actually get there. Um, the thing I love about Arkansas this year is, one, uh, they're going to be very, very big, especially in the backcourt, and very, very versatile. Like, you're looking at Devo Davis as a potential point guard on this team, as the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands. He's six foot four and, and one of the best defenders in the SEC. You're looking at Khalif Battle, who I think by the end of the year, will be the guy that must kind of isolates and says, okay, you're my bucket getter. You're the guy we're going to create mismatches with. Um, Jerron Brazil is going to be a monster when he's back this year. Tremont Mark is the perfect kind of toughness, uh, 6'6", physical defender that can score that that uh, that Musk loves. Um, I, I just – I really like the way that this group has been put together. Um, but with Musselman teams, like, it all kind of – hinges on how long it takes me to figure out what he's got right Tio. yeah look must is gonna be good but we haven't even talked about alabama aaron estrada goes there grant nelson goes there latrell wright goes there like they've got dudes and then you go down auburn is gonna have the freshman of the year in the league and aiden holloway mm-hmm. because he's just gonna create whatever and bruce pearl's really high on him and whenever he's high on a guard going into a year it's usually a good thing so Aiden Holloway can really score. And you want to talk about the perfect system fit for somebody like that? They're going to be tough. He's Jared uh, Harper 2.0. My question is going to be how long it takes him to. He's better and he's bigger. He's better and he's bigger. He's, that's, he's that's, also a freshman. Jared Harper was a junior when he was the, when, when they made the final four. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah, Keep he's, going. he's better and bigger. Uh, Florida's the one that's, I'm a little, I, I, I kind of want to like him, but then I, you know, is it really going to be a thing? Will Richard played really well in their exhibition. Um, I love the Micah Handlock then. He was on the team with Julian Phillips that I coached uh, a f- few years ago. Like, long, can block shots, can board. They've got a lot of really good players. Georgia will be better. Georgia's recruiting at a high level. I don't know if you guys have woken up to that yet, but Georgia's recruiting at a high level. Yeah. Here's here, here's your hot take. Here's your hot take. Ole Miss will finish in the top three of that league. It, Nobody's all, talking all- about this team from Oxford. Oh, it's all on. going to depend. Like I'm, I'm with you on Ole Miss if they get good news on Brandon Murray and if they get good news on Musa Cisse. Like that's 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 my only thing. Give me Ole Miss top three. Top three. And Beard hightails it out to Louisville next year. I mean, look, Fanta, Fanta, think about it like this. All right, Matthew Morrell is good enough to be, and I'm I'm with. Trust me, Tio, I am with you on this. Matthew Morrell is good enough to be a first team All SEC guy. Brandon Murray is a stud uh, that yes. will be a secondary piece on this group. Jamin Brakefield is that kind of like stretchish four, skilled four, that playmaking four that uh, that that Beard loves. Musa Cisse and Jamarian Sharp are the two guys I think are going to have to. They're the two best here. shot blockers in college basketball. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I love look, Sharp. We haven't even talked about Alan Flanagan, dude. Like Alan Flanagan, who was really good, what two three years ago. And then he tore his Achilles, and then he didn't have a chance to get fully healthy last year at Auburn. And now I guess he is healthy. Like Matthew Morrell, Brandon Murray, Alan Flanagan, Jamin Brakefield, like that is as good of a two through four as you're going to find anywhere in college basketball. 
But again, like it's all, it, it it's who's going to get eligible. Like Brandon Murray and Musa CC are still waiting for their second transfer um, waivers to come through. And we haven't seen like those things come through at a very high clip. And that changes what the calculus is for me. So Vanna is mind blown. How long can we just sit here and talk and have Vanna be mind Tennessee blown on camera? No, I, I, <laughs> I hate, I think it is wrong. Whether the player's waiver gets accepted or denied, the waiting game is ridiculous. Yes. Yes. If you want to deny the waiver, I can. You, you're not going to have to reason with me. I'm not going to get all worked up into a shoot over that. But I, I am going to get upset. It, it, with. I hate when it's opening day next week and we're wondering if someone's going to be able to play because of a waiver. Yeah, it's crazy. This is like, what is this, a field trip permission slip for the kid to go to the zoo? I mean, geez, yeah. oh, man. We Are gotta you ready? I'm yeah. sorry. My mind is blown with that. I hate that we're – what about the other guys in the locker room? Okay? You know, your role's going to change if Musa Cisse is playing um, you... or if, or if uh, Brandon Murray's playing. 100%. So I hate it. I really that my mind's blown there. I, just, I hate it too. If you know Ole Miss who, finishes in the top three, remember, guys, somebody's gonna have to finish eighth. Yep. You ready? Are you ready to hear my pick for regular season champs in the SEC? Yeah, I know you're gonna pick because you're getting the song cued. We can't hear it, which is good. But oh. this is not going to get claimed on uh, claimed on YouTube. Still can't hear it. Damn it! Just sing I it. I thought I was gonna have it. Sing it. I, I can give you a thumbs up. I can't play a song over the speakers. Just sing, just sing it for us. Sing it for us. I wish that I were on old Rocky Top, down in the Tennessee Hills. We're ready. <laughs> I think Tennessee's gonna win it. And here's the thing: they look good against Michigan State, but uh, they're. I'm gonna say this nicely: their problems didn't play. Their problems didn't play, so it allowed other guys to get going. Vescovi and Ziegler didn't play. If elaborate on that, like why why are you worried about them? Because that's because you think, saw their offensive potential without those two guys on the floor, and Barnes loves those guys so much. Like he loves them so much, he won't let he won't <laughs> put them off the, off the floor. He loves them so much. Is it that he loves them so much, or that this was an exhibition game that he was mic'd up and during, and the guys were playing and and they were looser, whereas sometimes Barnes coach teams are so set in what they do that it becomes something that goes against them. Yep. No, I don't, I don't know. I I just feel like he, he just trusts Vescovy so much. Don't you feel yeah. like their offense at times is just two square peg round hole? Whereas exactly. They have, and, and he tries player. to slow it down. And, and there's, there's a, uh, there's some credence to where it's like, Hey, your offense, offensive pace has to match what you're trying to do defensively. There's, there's, there's validity there. That being said, I mean, I think they've got some shot makers this year. Jordan Gaines is a shot maker. He was at USC Upstate. He shot like stupid percentages. I, I understand the big stud, south. Dude, Dalton Connect can play. Dalton Connect can go. That that dunk is not a surprise for anybody who watched any film whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like that dunk was not a surprise. But, but, he is a pro. And you know who else the got? We we haven't really talked about him at all. Freddie Freddie De Leon. That kid is like fine. Bucket. Yeah, no, but he's he's, like he's a bucket. We saw him. We saw him at Rock Hill two years ago, To, and he had he was one of those kids that enrolled in the middle of the semester, right, and then redshirted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's had he's had some time. I'm 
I like the call. You know what I want to see? I don't know if it'll ever happen. Do you think we'll ever get lineups where you got the four uh, four perimeter guys, Zakai, Santi, Dalton Connect, and Jordan Ganey with uh, with JJJ at the five? Can we get so. some of that? I, I hope, hope so. Can get some of that? That would lead them to being able to to win games offensively. I mean, that, that lineup makes a lot of sense. Here's the other thing. Not only was he good offensively, but did you see how disruptive – Jordan Ganey was on Sunday in the passing lanes. Long. Couple, and, and that's not, those are not okay guards. Like Michigan mm-hmm. State, they got big time guards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tyson Walker's going to be all American. To me, do, you know where it is, Terrence and Rob? The reason why Barnes is putting those guys on the floor when you talk problems. Barnes looks at the box score and sees 20 Tennessee turnovers. You know, that they turn the ball over 20 times against a Michigan State team that that pressed them and 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 caused problems like they can but that's the thing i think that that just eats at barnes the thought of turning the ball over 20 times exhibition or regular season game yep yeah all right so i, I want to make ping- me want to like it doesn't make me like it <laughs> i want to ping a couple questions at you and see what you guys have to say all right Al- alabama or auburn who finishes higher alabama alabama i'm going alabama there aaron estrada i've heard is crushing it and he's going to have a monster year might not have a drop off from averaging 20 points a game might stay at that same number did you see nate oates quote what he said he said it basically said uh it's nice to have a point guard that you can trust to compete every single day in practice and you don't have to to uh to to try to motivate a direct dig at uh jelly fam jq let me tell you something about estrada if the game is late and they, and they need a shot. That kid's going to at least hit two to three this year. He is a killer late yeah. in games. And, and and the fact that, like, I was concerned about him going into Alabama physically, being able to handle everything. But the fact that he could play alongside Mark Sears, mm-hmm. who's a stabilizer, and, and the reason why you pick. For me, I mean, it's it's Grant Nelson uh, and, and acquiring him in the portal. When they got Nelson – that entered them into the conversation of they're, they're, they're a better team than Auburn. There's still a couple too many unknowns with Auburn on the perimeter than there are with Alabama. I love Janai Broom, but I'm I'm asking fewer questions with Bam. I like the tie. All right, so I'm going to – I think I tend to agree that Alabama is better. I'm going to make the argument for Auburn here, though. They already have what I think you could argue is the best front court and the SEC, especially if we're going to assume that Tolo Smith is going to be out until uh, mid-January, right? Janai Broom, really, really good at the five. Jalen Williams, I think, is uh, a guy that is very underrated as a grad, uh, as a fifth-year guy at the four spot. You're bringing in Chad Baker-Mazar, who has already played at a high level, six foot seven wing, really, really can shoot it. And I think that the upgrade that you make in the backcourt with Aiden Holloway and Denver Jones over Katie Johnson, who is now – probably in his better role as the sixth man. And uh, with uh, I'm blanking on the point guard from last year that we crushed the entire season. But the the upgrade that you made in the backcourt, so you went from having a great front court and guards that would lose games for you to having a great front court and guards that, in theory, will have a chance to win games for you that fit what Bruce Pearl wants to do better. So um, yeah. I, I don't – I think Alabama probably is better on paper I think both of them have a very real chance to finish top four in the league. And uh, I'll tell you this, I cannot wait for those uh, rivalry games. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sneaky pickup by Auburn, uh, Chaney Johnson transferring from D2 Alabama Huntsville. 
uh, grew, was entered college at six two. He's now six seven. Like nice yeah, player. They, what yeah, are you laughing really at, Fanta? Well, we we got nine teams that could finish in the top four. That's yeah, why the SEC is so good. It's a. I it's know, a, no, it's I know, I know. The league. All right, next one for you. I know. I'm just laughing at it. It's Mississippi yeah. State or Missouri. That's a hard question. I'm going to say Missouri. I'm going to say Missouri too because Tolu Smith's out until God knows when. Yeah, and uh, Nick Honor to me is is such a steady presence for them. I, I yeah. think when you when you look at they're old. I mean that's the one yeah. thing about Missouri. They're just old. Top they're starting to five fifth years this year. Five grad students <laughs> in, in your starting lineup, and and you know. The, the ability for Nick Honor and Sean East to play alongside each other. I, I thought Caleb Grill was a really nice addition. I mean, we, we watched Grill at the PK-85 last year help Iowa State turn heads. So, yeah. you know, that that to me is he's a 3-and-D guy who, who understands what it takes to get it done on both ends of the floor. I mean, you know, the front court, Right, like they're going to rely on this Connor Vanover, a seven foot five center, um, shoots threes. What what exactly does he present in the SEC coming over from Oral Roberts? But I like this team. Fun fact on Connor Vanover: he had more block shots himself last season for Oral Roberts than Missouri did as a team last season. Missouri also finished last season ranked three hundred and sixty second out of three hundred and sixty three hmm. teams in defensive rebounding percentage. So. Uh, I don't think that's going to get better. Wow, the best rebounder in uh, in Kobe Brown. Yeah, it's just Dennis Gates just didn't didn't care about it. Like I talked to him about it in the offseason. He was like, "What would you rather win, the rebounding battle or twenty five games?" I was like, "Eh, all right, <laughs> fair enough." <laughs> that's the way I wonder why they it. would get. I wonder why it was so bad. Were they so top heavy? Like, what was? I wonder. Yeah, sorry. I, I think it's just the that. the zone that they played was not something that focused and prioritized getting offensive rebounds. I will say this, though. One of the more underrated transfer classes in college basketball. Caleb Grill, really good role player. John Tanji, really good player. Connor Vanover fits a role. Five-man block shot, spaces the floor. Tamar Bates from Indiana has got a chance to be really good. And Kurt Lewis uh, was the JUCO player of the year last year that I think is going to come in to be effective. My question is if they have, like, a dude, a stud, who is Mm going to go out there and do what Kobe Brown did. Um, As far as Mississippi State is concerned, veterans – Love the backcourt. Um, I think the combination of DJ Jeffries and Cam Matthews at the three four spot is really dangerous. I like what they brought in in terms of um, Andrew Taylor, the kid from Marshall, Josh Hubbard, a freshman that scored four thousand points in high school Good coming player. in. Good player, uh, and they Good got player. a kid named Trey Fort that is a JUCO transfer that shot like forty something percent from three in two years at JUCO. So I think Chris Jans went out there. They were the worst three point shooting team in college basketball last season, three hundred and sixty third. And they went out and they added some shooters, but none of that's going to matter if you're fifteen and ten. Drew Timmy of the SEC is not going to be able to be available. Um, last thing I got for you guys, uh, Florida for the Almanac, we had them as a team ranked in the preseason top 25. The AP poll, they had exactly two votes. So out of the 64 people that vote in the AP poll, only two other people had them in the top 25, and both of them had them 25th. Who's going to be right? Who's going? Who's who's more likely to be right? The people that have them ranked in the top 25 or the people like <laughs> Florida? The other side, not being in the top 25, has a better shot of, of being correct in my opinion 
And and part of that is just like, could Florida spend some time in the top 25 this year? Of course. I mean, UConn wasn't ranked in the preseason top 25 last year, and they won the national championship. The preseason top 25 is what it is, a total crapshoot. But I think that this is an NCAA tournament team that could very well be in an 8-9 game. Like, that's kind of what I see from the Gators this year. You know, Riley Kugel, as the Almanac says, is on every breakout player list in the country. And, And Walter Clayton, you know, Rick Pitino said it, I could really use Walter Clayton right now. He's a really good player who understands how to play the game on both ends of the floor and averaged 17 points per game for an Iona program that went to the NCAA tournament. Will Richard, we're all Will Richard fans here. To me, um, you know, I'll be I'll be quite candid here. I need to see Tyree Samuel. He's a good player with upside. Now the upside's got to translate to consistency every single game. It cannot be every three or four games. Tyrese has it in him to be a great player. Yes. But he, you, you have to go out and do it. Sounds like a Seton Hall fan venting a little frustration right there. <laughs> just just saying. I mean, it, There's a, there was a lot of talent on that Seton Hall team last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right. But but talent, talent of talent inherited versus talent acquired is a big difference because when you're a coach and you inherit, it's your job as a coach to get the best out of the guys that you've got. And Samuel's very talented. But you know, deep player here, you you've he's getting paid a lot of money in Florida to play mm-hmm. he's got to produce the results yep Tio, you got any takes no i mean the kugel richard wing matchup is going to be tough for anybody to guard those are two guys that can really score it and will richard was good uh you know he was really he was okay last year i think this year he's gotten comfortable in that system what i will say when it comes to the people at the almanac all of those guys that you have working on the almanac are all really good they are really statistically based thinkers. Uh oh. So as is, <laughs> as is Todd Golden. So there, there are going to be some like thinking there when it comes to picking up your thing. So they they still got to put it together. That's the big that's the big issue. I you're would anti math. Huh? You're an anti. I'm not. An, I, I'm, I'm. No, you're I, an asshole. I am an asshole. I am an asshole. <laughs> I, I think. I've always been a flow guy as opposed to that, as opposed to like directly looking at things. I like to see how a team plays together Uh, on paper. It makes a lot of sense. Everybody they put on that roster, everything makes sense. Statistically, it's just a matter of putting the pieces together and having them play well. I I thought Florida underachieved last year for what a lot of us thought was going to happen. And now uh, they have a roster full of guys that it's time for Todd Golden to prove it, like prove, prove you're the golden boy, right? He's yeah, got, he's got the pieces here. He's what got, does that mean this season? I think that he has a team that is good enough to be uh, like a top six seed in the tournament. I think he has a team that is good enough to be a top 25 team. But you're betting on Micah Handligan um, making the adjustment to the higher level. Walter Clayton making the adjustment to the higher level. Riley Kugel being the guy that he was the last 10 games of last season and not the guy that he was the first 25. Will Richard being the guy that we thought he was when he transferred in from Belmont and not the guy that he was for most of last season. Tyree Samuel being more than what we've seen him be for four years, right? Like you're betting on a lot of things being uh, one of the better case scenarios, but it's not, uh, there's not always a guarantee that they didn't, they didn't have a winning season last year. I yeah. know there's a lot of turnover, but like there's talent there for sure. It's just a matter of putting it all together. 
Yep, for sure. Listen, uh, this has been fun. Did you read the chat? I did not read the chat. What do you got? Okay, so I have one question before the season starts. Okay. Not not a funny question, uh, a real question. We've done all these conference previews, and it gets me thinking because you're like, you're talking about Florida and their potential. You're talking about Auburn and their potential. You're talking about Alabama. Like, there's no question. The SEC is the conference of upside where it just means more. We've done all these conference previews. Let's settle the debate. That's such a good how, that's such a good way to describe the SEC. How would you how would you rank? Give me your top five conferences in this sport this year. Um, I will go go six. Yeah, we gotta six. go okay. we gotta through all the big ones. We'll we'll rank them. Um I'm gonna say that the Big 12 will be the best league in college basketball this year, slightly edging out the Big East. Um, I think that the SEC is uh, is a close third, a third, but a close third. Um, I would have uh, the Big Ten slotted in fourth, slightly above the ACC. Oh, um, and then I would have the Mountain West coming in at number six. Oh, you've really killed off the Pac-12. I think the Mount. I think the top five in the Mountain West is. Really good. Is Can't really, wait. Really Mountain good. West, baby. I'm, yeah. I'm flying out. I'm flying Phantom. out. <laughs> Fanta, like, I, I think this is a year where we could legitimately see five teams from the Mountain West get a bid. Like, I don't think that that yeah, is a, a hot like that, that. It's a little bit of a hot take, but it's not a scalding take. It's like a, it's like a, you know, it's like you left your coffee out for 10 minutes and you if, come back to sip it take. Well, you're the, the, the way that the rationale works there perfectly it would be like what was it 2014 the atlantic 10 when they when they were Mm -hmm. able to collect all those bids you have to sit there and say okay after the top two in the big 10 is the middle of the big 10 a little bit more bubbly than it has been because of the unknowns in that league like the past couple years all the big 10's done is eaten up bids they've eaten up nine bids they could do it again Mm -hmm. but i think that that's all like if a mountain west gets five does the big 10 have two fewer does the yeah. SEC have one fewer? Do, you know, does it? But is the ACC fifth? No, you know what? Now fifth, that I think about Terrence? it, I would slot no. them fourth. I would have them above the Big Ten. Now that I, I'm, I'm thinking about the what I just said, and I would probably have them above the Big Ten. But yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Tio. Big Twelve first. Guys, I, I'm sitting here looking at the SEC is good. ACC, I, I would probably go ACC second just because. Oh of my the top. God! Wow! No way! Are the you top, kidding me? The top, the top, the top, no T.O. 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 Timeout. Give me a twenty-second T.O. The top. Give me a T.O. Baby. The top. No way. The top is good. And guys, they've made a Final Four each of the last how many years? The Big East has three of the top eight. ACC second. Oh my God. A few moments later. You you cannot put the ACC. I think the ACC has potentially 10 teams that could make the tournament. <laughs> no, you do not believe I it. do think that. Uh, All right, so here's here's now that I'm thinking about it, that, that's kind of a hard one just to throw on there. I think the bottom of the Big East isn't great. The bottom three is a walkthrough. There's not enough teams. Seton Hall, meh. Uh, St. John's, we'll see. Villanova, I'm still waiting to see. I think that's a conference of potential. They have Providence, you know, 
We'll see. I, I think I understand we're three of the top 11 or whatever. Top three. Eight. Is, uh, top, yeah, top, top three is exceptionally good. After that, where's the depth come in? That's the reason I'm moving them down. I'm moving them down, Fanta. How about that? Uh, so I'm going Big 12. The only th- the, the thing that gets me every year is the freaking Big 10 because they just continue to not prove it. They just continue yeah, but- to prove me right over the past few years. So it's like I want to put them up there because that there's a lot of it's- depth in that league. So so all right, so here we go. Big 12, ACC, SEC, Big 10. Oh. No, Big East after the SEC. Oh, this rankings are these are yeah. so fourth, fourth. Pack twelve is second. Pack twelve is six. Pack twelve is SEC is going to be good this year. Big twelve, ACC, SEC, Big East, Big Ten, Pack twelve. You're welcome. Okay, we'll let the games begin. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time.